consistency in marketing and follow-up. Two things that seem so simple. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Hello, Rhino Nation. It is me, Brent Bowers, your land man. I have an amazing guest today. This guy is a servant at heart. He serves so many people. This guy, William Rafter, Bill Rafter, as known in the Rhino tribe, has helped more people than I can even you know, put a number on. He serves so many people. He, he serves our land sharks community. He's always there on the support calls. Every single support call he's always on. He lives in the support group and is always answering questions for our land shark students. And he doesn't only support the land shark students. He also supports the TTP students, the talk to people students with Brent Daniels. You know, today we're going to talk about on this episode, we're going to talk about the two things that Bill Rafter sees in people to basically make them successful. The two things that they are doing to be successful in their real estate business. He's going to talk about his real estate journey, how he started out in this, his first investments and his career as a real estate agent. So I hope you really enjoy this episode and looking forward to jumping into it with you right now. All right, here's a mid-level engagement. I forgot to do this while uh, Bill and I were talking. I'll go ahead and do it right now. Guys, I hope you are connecting with what Bill Rafter is saying. If you feel moved, please share this episode with someone that needs to hear this right now, the keys to being successful. And also, if you haven't done so already, go ahead and rate and review this podcast. Rate and review the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. Please, five stars only. That way, the algorithms see what we're doing and we can get this message to more people and help more people. Thank you so much. Let's get back into the episode. All right. So today I have the celebrity, Mr. Bill Rafter on the podcast. I can't believe no one else has gotten Bill Rafter on the podcast. I have a first off, you know, how are you doing today, Bill? Hey, I don't know how I escaped that, but it was always Tom and Cody and Darren and uh, yourself and it was fine. That, that was the whole purpose of Wholesaling Inc. is I had my time in the sun, my time on the stage, and it was time for you and and Brent Daniels and Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffine and those guys to shine. That's what Wholesaling Inc. was all about. And my role was to stay back in the background and support everybody. And that's what I did. Yeah. And I love it. And I love doing the welcome calls with new students that sign up for Wholesaling Inc. Because I always mention you as, look, you're going to see William Rafter in our support group. The guy is just incredible. He's done more deals than, than anybody I've ever, ever known. And it's not just one type of deal. It's multiple types of deal in many different states on the legal side. So you've supported so many with Wholesaling Inc. I know you're working with Brent Daniels and TTP. You support the Landshark students and everyone always, when, when, when they get a win, usually it's, I want to thank Bill Rafter or William Rafter and Brent Bowers. And I just love how they always just, and, and so many people owe you so much to your, to their success. And I want to talk about a little bit about the first time 
that I walked into the Wholesaling Inc. Summit, I had just signed up as a student with Wholesaling Inc. back in 2016-ish. Back when Tom Kroll was still doing the the welcome calls and, and actually still signing people up. And I noticed you in the room in Salt Lake City, Utah. It was the second Wholesaling Inc. Summit. You guys had just had one, I believe, in Memphis, Tennessee. Am I correct on that one? And I think I signed. Okay. I think I just signed up when the Memphis one was happening. And I don't know if you remember this bill, but I was like, look, I'm going to sit next to the smartest guy in the room. And I sat right next to you the whole entire weekend. (laughs) I appreciate that. I hope something rubbed off off on you. Obviously, I guess so. I had the honor to be in being a wholesaling coach and getting to teach the land side of things. Uh, with the land sharks and and so many students are finding success and a lot of that's due to your selfless sacrifice of just just being there to answer their questions and doing all the research. I just wanted to you know thank you for that. And what are we going to talk about here today? You got so many tricks in your bag for for buying real estate. First, actually, I know what we're going to talk about how like and if you have anything else that comes to mind, please mention it. But you know how did Bill Rafter like how did you start like when did you start? What did your story start? Because we all have a, a beginning as far as getting into real estate. Like why, why real estate? Like what made you jump into this? I was in the military, same as you for in the Navy for, you know, about 10 years, I was inactive and then I stayed in reserves. And when I got out of the military, I went to work for the government, the city government in, in law enforcement and fire services. And I just spent four years in the military, the government, and now I'm working for the government. And it just wasn't something that I wanted to do for a lifetime. It was a good stopgap to allow me to earn some income and decide what I did want to do. So I went to a a real estate promotion for Century 21 and, uh, you know, listened to their pitch and decided to get my real estate license. And so I went ahead and did that and got my real estate license. And just as soon as my light, the ink was dry on my real estate license, I quit the government (laughs) and started selling real estate. And I liked selling residential real estate, but I didn't really like working with the residential buyers that much. I was really more interested in the investment field. So myself and a couple other guys started a company. Uh, called Real Estate of America, and and we had a seminar that was attached to that to train agents, and and we got a lot of clients that way, and they wanted to buy investment real estate, so I became an acquisitions manager for about five years in Southern California, buying and selling properties. All I did five days a week was present offers and negotiate deals, and, and we were real successful at it. And and then after that, I've always been interested in education. And so as as an adjunct to my real estate business, I got involved in uh, real estate education. Uh, And I was associated with a company called the Lowry Group. I don't know if you've ever heard of Al Lowry. We did uh, two-day event seminars all around the country. And so I would do that once or twice a month on the weekends and then do my real estate during the week. Anyway, it was funny. I remember sitting down for, and we did traditional real estate as well, listings, as well as doing investments. But I remember, I'll never forget this. This was one of the best lessons, and it applies to 
real estate investments as well is uh, this was in Huntington Beach, California. And I sat down with a seller and this was a real sharp guy. He, he was in sales himself and he was rolling listing agents to his uh, property to decide which one he was going to hire to list his property. And he said, so we sat down and he said, I want you to tell me 10 things you're going to do to sell my house. And so I kind of smiled and stroked my chin. And I knew this guy had an ego as as big as the earth. So I said, sir, let me ask you a question. What are eight things that you think I should do to sell your house? And so he gave me eight and he laid them all out. And so I only had to come up with two. (laughs) I like that. So that's not something we could just, just breeze on by. I love the fact because the guy pretty much set you up for failure, really, because you don't know what the right answers are for that person. I'm going to come up with eight different things that the next door neighbor is probably going to come up with completely opposite. So I love the fact that you just asked, you answered his question by asking a question to see what was important to that seller. And then you only had to come up with two. So amazing. I think that obviously handling and doing all those acquisitions in the beginning really taught you how to talk to sellers and it's already showing. Anyway, yeah. And they were really good ideas. And so what I did from that point forward, and I fine-tuned it, is I used that presentation on every listing appointment from that point forward in my real estate career. So you started with by asking them, what are the eight most important things for me to do to sell your house on every listing appointment? Yeah, actually, I, I come up with a, another two, so it was a total of 10. <laughs> so, yeah, people like 10 for some reason. So when I do my presentation to other sellers, I go, here's exactly what we're going to do to sell your house. And then it, it would be a checklist, and I did a whole presentation off that checklist, and then gave it to the seller and told him, hey, just check off each item as we get it done. And, and so you can use that same theory whether you're buying land from a seller or working with a, a, a buyer for, for your land or whatever it is, these are the things that we're going to do to go ahead and close the transaction and do exactly what we promised we were going to do. Absolutely. And that's where you just need to know your seller or your buyer to present the facts, to present all the things you're going to do to work hard that are important to them that you do it. All right. I'm, I appreciate you sharing that kind of like how, how you got started. What would you say? I know we all remember our first investment property. Can we talk about that? Uh, oh, I, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it was the beach area, condos and townhomes in that area were a good investment. Yeah. They were because I lived, I could see the water from my condo. It was uh marshland and then i could see the state beach so uh, anyway yeah i bought a lot of condos as some of my first investments and we got a santa Ana, california and so they actually would cash flow and so in order to we ended up setting up a property management company to manage those and other investors uh in the condos but yeah it was uh about 15 condos that i bought Wow. 
Do you remember the first one? This was a time when the Vietnamese, the Vietnamese people were coming over. And so all my tenants were Vietnamese. And, and they, their big thing is they wanted the carpet real clean. They didn't do flooring like we do today. So every unit had carpet and they wanted it really clean because they laid their mats out and that's where they slept at night. And so they didn't have checking accounts or any of that kind of stuff. So we would have to go over there and physically collect the rent. Oh, and man. They'd stand in line and there'd be about six or seven of them. And each one of them would pay their portion of the rent. They'd stand in line and we'd collect the rent and I'd give them one receipt and they'd bow and I'd bow and I was on my way. And that's, <laughs> that's how we collected the rent in those days because none of these folks could speak English. They had just come over. They were boat people that had come over as part of the Vietnam thing. Wow. We've got it. We got it so easy now. That's, I remember when my grandfather would go and collect, my great grandfather would go and collect his rents and he would have to do it in person and I'd get to ride along with him. And that just seemed like it was so time consuming. And now it's just special with me with our land investing. Sometimes we're paid multiple times a day and it goes directly into the bank account. Yeah. Um, So I cannot, I couldn't imagine having to go and collect over a hundred and something payments every single month. Yeah, that seems like a lot of work. (laughs) The condos were lined up one after another. I just go from one condo to the next and collect cash. And and then, uh, and what was funny is there was a whole custom thing too, is they came from a foreign country. They didn't know our customs. They jumped boat and came over here without transition period where they learn our customs and what's acceptable, what's not. And so in addition to managing my units, we also manage the complex. And we get a call about a whole bunch of unclothed women sitting around the pool drying their clothes because that's what they did in the other country. (laughs) The river wash their clothes and hang them all up and they wait for their clothes to dry. And that's what they did. That's amazing. That is incredible. (laughs) It's a sight to see. So we have to bring the translator lady and they go, um, and each unit had a washer and dryer in it, but they didn't know how to use them, see? So we had to train them on how to use the washer and dryer and that the pool was not for dipping clothes and hanging them up to dry. It was a real experience. So that was some of my first rentals in Santa Ana, California. I love it. We had a great conversation the other day talking about interest rate changes and what you see it with. You had mentioned the word bringing it closer to a neutral market. What's your thoughts on that? Prices, interest rates have just, I feel like they've skyrocketed in the last 30 days, but we get so used to a low rate and then it doubles almost and it's shocking. What's your thoughts on that? It's gone up about 75% in a year because of the, the rise in the rates and also the rise in the prices is in some cases, people people's payment went up $1,000 a month in comparison to what they could have bought last year and what they can buy today. And there's also, in some areas, home prices have actually fell. I was looking at an article here, and here's where home prices are falling the most. Toledo, Ohio, Rochester, New York, Detroit, Michigan, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Springfield, Massachusetts, Tulsa, Oklahoma, L.A., Memphis, Tennessee, Chicago, Illinois, and Richmond, Virginia. 
Sounds like it might be turning into a buyer's market in those areas very soon. Yeah, I think so. And, and, and all of these areas are areas that have lower income properties. We're not talking about downtown LA or Beverly Hills or places like that. Most of these areas have lower income properties, Tulsa, Oklahoma, like Detroit, Michigan, and places like that. So they're more susceptible to price changes and also to effects by uh, working and unemployment and stuff like that. And also the other thing that's happened is a lot of those areas are lower income areas and those people are just getting hammered by the high gasoline prices and all everything that's associated with that. I mean, food and gas and everything else. I just had a note from a friend. They just filled up their SUV and it was over a hundred bucks. Yeah, when the the machine shuts off because you hit your credit card limit of a hundred bucks, that's when you know <laughs> gas prices have gotten a little out of control. But it's so amazing. We've had high gas prices now for what a month. I'm already getting used to it. It's amazing what you can get used to. And when if they come back down, that's incredible. If they go back up, that's going to suck. Um, but it's amazing how we can get used to anything. Hey guys, it's Brent Bowers here. I want to share some exciting news with you. I get to be the first to announce that Wholesaling Inc.'s annual Memorial Day sale kicks off right now. And that's featuring its lowest prices ever on all of our coaching programs. You don't want to miss out on this opportunity to harness freedom, right? As you know, here at Wholesaling Inc., we believe that wholesaling real estate is a path to this freedom. I mean, who can deny it? Couldn't we all benefit from more time freedom, more financial freedom, flexibility to do what we we really want to choose to do each day? Through the power of instruction over education, we bring to you a proven system that will have you doing deals fast and making money quickly. You can achieve this by purchasing any of our six program offerings right now at a discounted rate of $2,000 off of tuition costs. Yes, you heard me. We're knocking $2,000 off of our tuition costs. So you heard me correctly. So if you want to take advantage of this incredible offer, it's as simple as visiting wholesalinginc.com, choose the program or programs that you're interested in and book a call with our team. We'll hop on a call with you. We're going to answer all of your questions and we're going to do our best to assure this is the right fit for you and us and where you're currently at in your real estate career or or maybe you're just getting started out. So do not sleep on this because you know applications come in quickly and we have our, and when we have sales like this. So definitely book your call right now. Don't wait. Visit wholesalinginc.com and we'll see you soon. Shifting gears a little bit, Bill, you've had the opportunity, you've trained so many people just that I know alone with Wholesaling Inc. And prior to that, when you're doing your two-day seminars, traveling the country to do that, and also new real estate agent, what would you say is the number one thing that you see most often of people that win and real estate investing and business? What would you say is like one of the action steps or attributes, what would you say is the number one reason for success for the people, all the people that you've trained and all the people that you've mentored and helped and, and just supported? Actually, two things, consistency in marketing and follow-up. That's Writing it. this down, consistency in marketing and follow-up. Two things that seem so simple, 
But I'll tell you the consistency in marketing was one of the things that I struggled with for, for years because I would market like crazy, spend a bunch of money, send a bunch of mail, and then my phone would blow off the hook and I'd get maybe two or three deals and I'd put all my effort and my resources into working these deals. And guess what wouldn't happen for a couple months marketing? And I would restart completely every single time. And I know what helped me and I'll talk about it, but I would like to, what's a way to get around that to where you stay consistent in marketing? Everybody faces that, <clears throat> especially when you're getting started and it's just nobody else to depend on. And so one of the first things that you need to do is you, as a part-time person, <clears throat> you need to get some help. Even if they're, uh, you start out paying them part-time, you train them on exactly what you want them to do that I want these letters sent out every Monday. Yeah. And even if I'm yelling at you to stop, keep sending them. Yeah. No matter what, I don't care if the credit card uh, gets declined. If you've got to handwrite them things, get them out. Ours is every Thursday. And the reason why, because one of my acquisition managers complained, she's like, look, I'm having my wine at 5 p.m. on Friday. And you send these mailers out on Monday, every single Monday. And guess when the phone starts ringing? 5 p.m. on Friday. Stop it. So we got sometimes you want to keep your team happy, right? Especially yeah. the person that's answering the phone. So we changed it to Thursday. That way the phone calls start on Monday or Tuesday. <laughs> hey, you know, you know, you want your team happy for sure, but they're getting the, the marketing out. And that's the key is have somebody help you get the marketing out consistently. That is so good. I hired a virtual assistant in the Philippines just for that. She is the marketing director every single week. She sends the letters out no matter what. That is her main rock, her main goal to accomplish. And she missed it. She's now missed it twice in the past couple of years. And the first time I threatened her job, <laughs> the second time it was something that was, she was just not feeling well at all. So uh, we've let that one slide, but that's huge. Just the marketing. All right. And did you have anything more? On that? And I hear the excuse. I don't have the money. Look, sit down and write down every bill that you have. Do you really need a $300 a month cable bill? Oh man. Do you really need to go down to Starbucks and pay 10 bucks for a cup of coffee, or whatever it is. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of areas that you can slice off a little bit. Just, I got, I looked at my cable bill the other day and I just about collapsed. I went, oh my God, this is insane. So I called up the cable company and we went over every single one of the channels and everything. And I cut out about 30% of them that I never watch. Yeah. I'll tell you, dropped my bill by a hundred bucks with one phone call. <clears throat> That's amazing. Dropped it from about, about 300 a month to about 200 a month. That's a good point because ours is, we got all these subscriptions, Netflix and Hulu and Disney plus and whatever that like we had to get another Paramount just to watch whatever. What was that show? Yellowstone. And I looked at the, this was about a year ago. I never look at our personal account. My wife is in charge of that. She makes sure the household bills get paid. And I saw $183 for Hulu. And I asked Emily, I was like, Hey, did you pay for the whole year for Hulu? And she goes, no, that's a month. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me for Hulu. I was like, how often do we watch Hulu? Never. 
And it's just a little thing like that. People don't even realize what they're paying for all this stuff. And partially why I don't look at our personal bank account anymore, because it just makes me sick. But it's like little things like that cost us so much money. And let me tell you, what costs me even more money, what costs all of us even more money is watching that Hulu. Just pay for it. Don't even watch it and cancel it because you have so much better things you could be doing with your time than, than watching TV on a daily basis. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, so I watched the University of Kentucky games during the basketball season, but after the season, I shut it off. Yeah. It's or basketball, but they still charge you for it every month, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's insane. So, yeah, you can always find the money to, to go ahead and, and get the thing up and running. And, and, and if you structure it right, you can actually – I write part of uh, all the cable stuff off as a business expense because I got a fax line and I got the Internet and all that stuff. So I break that off from the cable bill. So about half of the bill every month is a business expense, a legitimate business expense. And, and I break it off when I do my taxes. So I love it. So I love it. That's paying for part of that. So I'm looking at buying a big boat and I'm trying to figure out how to write it off as a business expense. So if you're telling me you can write off your TV as a business expense, I'm going to have to get with you to figure out how to write off a boat. I know that's possible if you can write TV off. So I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially suppose that you have a your phone set up on the boat and you broadcast one of the coaching calls every month from the boat. There you go. There you go. Or run a land mastermind from it. Uh, an exclusive land mastermind. So now we're getting off on another subject. You, you had mentioned follow-up as the second key to success. How do you reckon? I'm just getting started, Bill. How do I follow up? How do I be consistent at following up with these sellers? Because they don't want to talk to me. They don't want to sell. They want too much. Like, how do I follow up? You have to break the the sellers down into categories. In other words, if somebody says they're not interested in selling, then why would you put that on your hot list? That's going to be uh, on a list that that you're going to follow up maybe once a quarter or every six months because they said they're not really interested in selling. What they're really telling you, they're not interested in selling now, but maybe later. But if you have somebody that says that we're going to be selling in the next 30 days, man, that's a hot lead. Yeah. You got to be calling them every week. And, and also you want to try to get some information about them and their families so that when you're calling them back, you're not talking about the same thing every time because pretty, pretty soon they're not going to take your call. But if you're, if they were talking to you about their kids at school and stuff like that, there, make, take notes of that and ask how the kids are doing and how the play went and all that kind of stuff. I love that. I had a gentleman for three and a half years. I called him. And it was on a house and his dog's name was Fidel. <laughs> and each time, cause he told me like, look, when Fidel dies, I'm selling you this house because I don't want the church getting it. And I would always ask about Fidel in a funny way. Hey, you, you guys were heading to the vet last week. What's going on? How's Fidel doing? And just little things like that. We have amazing, beautiful conversations about his dog and his church and his girlfriend, <laughs> you name it. Yeah, it's, this business is all about relationships. 
And people like to do business that they with people that they like and trust. Sometimes sell the property a little bit less to you uh, rather than the other person because they don't trust the other person. This is a relationship business, and that's so good. And I think so many people are, I hate that fake it until you make it attitude because that is non-congruent, not trustable. Just be upfront and honest. Look, I've never done this before. I'm actually working with a mentor or working with a partner and just be honest about it. I love that you said that transparency, vulnerability. Bill, you also mentioned going back to consistency in marketing and not having the funds and, and canceling out like things like cable or Netflix. But there's also people out there that want to see you win that will partner with you and pay for your marketing. There's a guy that I offered to pay for his marketing the other day because I see all the steps he's taking. I know this guy is going to be just a winner. He's a winner. Like he's literally working his tail off. He's got a huge why. He has two children that he has to send them to a special school. But I was like, look, because he was like, look, I'm now about to start doing some side jobs, some side hustles. I said, just, he said he was doing the side hustles. He was planning to do them to pay for his marketing. I said, man, I will back you on your marketing. Like I want to see you keep going. And there's people out there. So I highly recommend just finding someone to partner up with, telling them your vision, showing them your why, and asking if they want to be part of the opportunity. You're not asking, you're not begging for this. You don't have to go desperate. Educate them on your program, like Jay Connor talks about. Jay Connor says, educate them on your lending program. And when they want to get in on it, you let them know when you have a deal. Don't go to them with a deal because then you're begging. Educate them first. Same thing with your marketing, same with your business. Like we don't have to do this alone. And, and the cool thing about real estate is you could partner on just one deal or two deals or three deals. This is not a marriage that's going to be de- until death do you part. Yeah, exactly. And that's, of course, one of the benefits that you have as a Facebook page. People are posting up there all the time and look at this deal. Here's the comps. It's worth 50. I got it under contract for 16. We can move it. And, and here's the information about it. Here's the acreage. Where's where it's located, et cetera, et cetera. We think, I think we can turn this thing in, in about 30 days. We really need to close on it. It's one of those deals that you just need to close it now. And rather than trying to find a buyer. So go ahead. I need funds to close on the deal. And then we'll put it back on the market and market it with a realtor or whatever we need to do. And there's probably $25,000 legitimate profit set here. And I need 15 to close the deal. There you go. Just go out there and share what you're doing on social media. There's so many more avenues. We've come so far. Use social media to your advantage rather than the black hole that you sink yourself into while surfing and actually scrolling. Don't scroll, create. Don't consume, create. So Bill, go ahead, go ahead. That's it, absolutely it. So use it as a vehicle it was meant to be. And that's what the Land Sharks Facebook page is all about and the Wholesaling Inc. Facebook page. And and Brent Daniels, he encourages people to squat up as you do, help one another out, and everybody will profit. Absolutely. And we've got a lot of that going on on, in the Land Sharks Facebook page. I love it. Bill, thanks so much for taking your time. I I know you've got bronchitis right now. I can't believe you just muscled through this entire interview. Any parting advice or words of wisdom or for that person just getting started 
or maybe even to the Bill Rafter 30 years ago. What's the final words of advice from you? I know you have so many gold nuggets. It's probably going to be harder just to pick one thing. Again, it's just to find that part of the business that you really like and do that yourself and farm out the rest as soon as you can. If you don't like to do marketing, then farm that out to a virtual assistant. Some people don't like to get on the telephone and interact with sellers. You need to do that early on so that you you understand how to do it and how to do it effectively. But you could always train somebody to do that later on to step into your shoes if it's not something that you really enjoy doing. If you enjoy going belly to belly to people or you enjoy being on the phone, then make sure that you do that consistently if it's something that you enjoy. If you can meet with people personally, you're already you're always better served to do that, to develop that relationship rather than trying to do all the business over the phone. But you have to operate as effectively as you can based on where your market is and, and where your home base is. So do what you love to do and farm out the rest. Do what you do best and contract out the rest is what I like to say. I love that. Do what you love to do and and farm out the rest. Bill, thank you so much for jumping on. And uh, guys, if you felt uh, like just moved that someone needs to hear this, please share this episode with somebody. Also, if you're looking to get started in real estate, go on to thelandsharks.com or wholesalinginc.com forward slash land and schedule a call. Us at Wholesaling Inc., we'll see what your goals are. We'll see what your real estate investing goals are. And if we feel like we're a great fit, I'd be honored to coach you. And just also don't forget, we've got our Memorial Day sale going on. And go ahead and book that call right now and uh, see what that's all about. And God bless. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. Catch you later. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.